I'm Dr. Lee West. I'm Senior Minister of Rafa, and I welcome you to this teaching on the Beatitudes. It's more commonly referred to in most casual instances as the Sermon on the Mount. It had, contains nine blessings given by our Lord, and the Beatitudes is not a biblical word. It, uh, the number nine indicates that uh, it has to do with the Holy Spirit because that is his number. And the Beatitudes just simply mean it's a coin word and put intersected here just because it means Beatitude, supreme blessing, supreme blessing. And there'll be nine of those. Jesus was giving this sermon in Galilee on the northeastern part of the Sea of Galilee. And he was giving this to simple people, just average, everyday people of that first century. But the full ability and grasping of these truths and the offering of them would have to wait for the new covenant saints, which would take place after his resurrection and victory. Jesus would say and preface these nine with the words, blessed is thee could be begun to be reached for is a meaning of it. It could be something that is to be starting to be reached for by the individual. Embedded within it is a dire desire for more of whatever is going to be taught there. Blessed in it. Attuned to a goal to be reached, a desire for a goal to be reached. A personal blessing is attached to each one of these, to the one who will get involved in its requirements and also its, uh, its, uh, what it demands and requires. Also, the high level of each can be attained. It, it indicates that just by the fact if you reach out to it, you can attain what's uh, promised therein. It can be sought these, each of these nine can be sought individually. In, in, you can see one of them individually, or they can be sought simultaneously and collectively. You know, ever how many you want to be led to, to seek after, you can do that, or you can reach for the entire nine, which would be certainly admirable and encouraged by certainly by this minister. So blessed Number one is blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor indicates a lack of tenacity. These, and there are so many within the body of Christ that lack tenacity. Uh, they lack the spirit, that human spirit, uh, the disposition. They, they lack that, uh, they have that low vitality point to, uh, to just be involved uh, dynamically for searching and reaching for God and the things of God. And of course, there's a problem with that. But he goes on to say at the end of this, uh, that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And of course, the kingdom of heaven is different from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is embedded within the kingdom of God. So he's Jesus is saying here that those who seek this, even though they're, they're, uh, they're kind of lacking in tenacity and spiritual vitality. Eventually, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, that they will be clothed with royalty, and they'll be clothed with understanding, and they'll conquer at that time by the power of God the tenacity problem when they, when they reach this on the other side of the veil. 
The second one is the blessed are those that mourn. To mourn here is to grieve. Uh, this type of grieving is what we, people feel over the death of a loved one or over a severe thing that they lost within their life. Uh, another area of this which is not felt too much and not even observed too much in the body of Christ, this type of mourning can be for those fellow believers that have to function in a perverse world, hurting for those fellow, uh, ones around us in the body of Christ. And we ourselves can count this in this as we get more holy in God, that we will find ourselves grieving for the rest of our brotherhood and the body of Christ that have to endure the, some call it the junk or the compromise or the sin that we see so perversely around us in worldly worldly operations in the promise there to these is that they shall be comforted they shall be comforted and this is this is a supernatural intervention on part of the holy spirit uh, in the operation of this when sometime when these type of things dealing with the world and and hurting for those who are in the world it could be family loved ones uh, those who are treasured to us within especially within the body of Christ and special ones who are close to us that uh, we will feel that supernatural intervention for them and we will feel their empathy in that perverse world. And it says they'll be comforted with supernatural intervention of comfort by the Holy Spirit. And they'll receive a call at this time. They're going to receive a call as indicated by the, by the Greek translation of this to come closer. Jesus in this time will say through the Holy Spirit, come close to me. Let me just cuddle you. and Let me just comfort you. Be consoled by, by God himself to receive a quietness in their soul, the soul that was raging before. There will be a supernatural peace and quiet and that will come to dwell. And if you're if you're been in the body of Christ very long, you will have experienced this. You might not have put a been able to put a name to it or even felt it was going on, but you felt that something was inside of you when you saw someone persecuted for the body of Christ or when you yourself went through that and you just cried out to God how desperate you were and you felt that flow just as oil and wine as he poured in the oil and the wine to give comfort and also to soothe as oil those on a wound. The third one is blessed is those, the meek. Blessed are the meek. The, this in the, in the Greek just simply means of a gentle nature, a mild and humble spirit and nature and soul. And it goes on to say of them that they shall inherit the earth. Now, this is kind of a strange inheritance until you look at it in the original, what Jesus was teaching him that day on the, on the mount there in the Chorazin. And he said that by, you shall obtain, obtain by divine appointment. I'm kind of translating a little bit, transliterating what he would have been telling them. You, you by the divine appointment, you will get a portion, a special portion of the earth. It says they shall obtain, inherit the earth. They'll obtain a portion of the earth, and that means the earthly and earthly region. Now, we don't know exactly what that is, but we know that God is just, and he will give 
what we're uh, what we're being prepared for. And this is a sideline to my thoughts. It just comes across my mind. If you can see how you're serving God now, that just may be an indicator of, of what God is prepping you for for the ages to come. So maybe that's something just to meditate on. Next, number four. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. The hungering here, as Jesus would be elaborating to them, embedded in the wording that he would use, would be a famishing type of hunger. Have you ever been hungry to the point of being famished? I don't know of anybody. Now, I'm sure there are some. I, this, uh, this minister is just not aware of them. I've seen people who were hungry and people who were very, very hungry. And I've seen people in, in, in the newsreels and on the, the news flash where people were starving to death. And I'm sure that would probably classify as a fashion to this famish, that, uh, this type of being famished. But this is not that, that type of a, of a hunger for the, for the things that satisfy the flesh. This is a hunger and a, a famishness and a craving to search while you are suffering. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. While you're suffering, you still have this hungering and thirsting. And the thirsting there can be literal or it can be figurative. In either case, it's, it's a hungering and a thirsting. And the thirsting is that desire for water. And water equates to the Word of God and the moving of the Holy Spirit to give us that which quenches our thirst. And it says, you're doing the, both of these, hungering and thirsting at the same time. And it says, for righteousness' sake. This is a wonderful long-term word, and it means to attain proper conduct. These who are hungering and thirsting, their desire is for the righteousness so that they can attain that proper conduct, which is embedded in that is to be able to be being judged by human or divine standards, being judged by human or divine standards, having that kind of persona attached to you or the ones that you see you can see some of these people you there again you might pass them in you and in, in the church building or uh in gatherings of the redeemed and you can look to some and and they have just something that stands out it's, it appears to be kind of an aura around them of being totally uh, satisfied by heavenly food that's what it means. They shall be filled. They, are, they will be filled so totally satisfied with heavenly food. And the thing about manna springs to my mind, although that was to satisfy the flesh and, may, and call to be appreciative to God for it. But this is going to be a, a, a either, either something that's even more uh, dire in, the, in this life who is searching for uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness is to be si satisfied with heavenly food that's gonna that's gonna satisfy to the fullest the spirit and the soul the body will re re uh, reflect us some of that but it's mainly the spirit man receiving that heavenly food number five blessed are they are the merciful blessed are the merciful this means to feel this is what jesus was teaching them to feel the misery of someone else are the merciful ones who can feel the misery of someone. Not to just feel sorry for them, but be able to feel their misery to the point where you, you can stand in the gap and receive part of the being a shield for them in, in, their, in their misery, to feel that misery with them. To, in other words, to be touched with their infirmity. Uh, 
there, there's times, you know, we can we can feel that with earthly, earthly people. We can sometimes there we can feel their pain in in us. People associate with that sometimes. But this is to feel that uh, that pain in someone else, and to being merciful to to be able to feel that and stand in the gap of them in the soul and in, in the area of. Uh, of just reaching for God to them, being touched by their some uh, infirmity. And it says, they shall obtain mercy. Now, this is not the one that's doing the ministering or feeling the empathy. This is the one that is in need. They shall obtain mercy, the one that is in need. So God is God, Jesus is saying that their need is going to be met because someone else was feeling their pain. They're the one in need. They're going to receive undeserved grace through intercession, and it'll be no doubt by the one who's active on the scene, or it can come from someone such as yourself around the world for someone that you're feeling in the spirit in the far reaches of another part of the world. You could feel this. And, uh, and be touched with their infirmity. You might not be able to see their face, call them by name, or even know where they are. But you will feel a virtue going out of you, and you will feel that empathetic feeling being satisfied with, uh, with that one, being, their needs being met and comfort being given. And this will vary with the misery. So you can feel this at one. I don't think you'll feel this, but at one at a time. But well, I've never seen it done, even personally and in, in testimony with but one. Probably sometime this is so depth in depth that uh, you you can't handle but in your own flesh because it's it's taking uh, uh, you're zapping your spiritual strength, and it they it will vary to the point that you can't be ha uh, happening. In the, in the events of someone except uh, one at a time. I believe that. And, and the, uh, the wording there for those who are involved in this is, they shall obtain mercy. And this mercy is, this is the hurting one. Again, this is the one who is hurting. They shall obtain. They're going to be a, getting a free gift of compassion ministry upon them. I've just been alluding to that. And the mercy there is the catalyst. The deep empathy prompts and action on the part of the minister to 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 minister to that need. The one that are being in the need of merciful and acting on that. Number six, blessed Blessed are the pure in heart, pure in heart. This pureness is the, uh, divinely attested as being without blemish, spotless, entirely cleansed. Who comes to mind? The earthly ministry incarnation of Jesus Christ as well as his earthly position. Pure, divinely attested as having those qualities in heart pure in heart, the foundation of the one's soul and spirit, their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions will be without blemish and pure. And it goes on to say, for they shall see God. That's going to require pureness to see God. And this uh, see God here, Jesus would have been encouraging them that the one they shall see God is the one they're going to visualize something awesome. Every 
testimony we see of someone who's gone into that kind of an awesome experience, they that's the way they describe it, as being an awesome event. And they will see God, God there being the one true Trinitarian God. Three in one, but yet one. Number seven, blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemakers. And this is the only time in Scripture where this peacemaker term is utilized. It's instrumental in producing harmonious relationships. It produces fruit through the harmonious relationships. And it, it is get involved in this end product is going to be producing fruitful results. And it says there, they shall be called the children of God. Called, this there means called by God to others to respond to the offered blessings. So God is going to be working, the Holy Spirit is going to be working with the one as he was with Jesus when he was giving this. Jesus was encouraging the people there, attend, uh, hearing his voice, uh, to come to these type of offerings and seek out these kind of offerings. And God in, in the new covenant people is going to be uh, calling by the one who's uh, in, inviting the ones to come to this, to respond to the offerings, blessing. That's what the call there. There'll be a call, divine call, to come and partake and pursue these divine blessings. They'll be called the children. In other words, the children is they resemble their relationship with another. That's what God is calling us to do, to be in similitude and to be in, in perspective and to have that type of persona about us to resemble our relationship with another that in, to us would be the supreme being God. And it will be a visible thing to those people around us. Even the unsaved will be able to see that we're, there's something different about those who are the peacemakers. And it says they should be called the children of God. Of, of God there is, again, the Trinitarian God, the one true deity. And the eighth, they which are persecuted are blessed. They Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Persecuted there means hostility to one, to one who is laboring in this area. The one who is doing whatever it is that they're doing preaching, teaching, witnessing, they shall be, they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, it'll be persecution is hostility toward that one. And for righteousness sake means because they are simply declaring what is right by divine or human standards. In the last few years, in about the last decade and a half, we have seen this beginning to take more form than it ever has because we're seeing what is right being called wrong and wrong being called right. And those who stand up for righteousness sake and declare what is right and take a stand on what is right and condemn what is wrong according to either what God says about it, divine standard, or what human standard is, or just what is, is right according to what is right, of course, to humanity, treating humanity right and doing things right in humanity. It says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There again, this is embedded within the kingdom of God. The one that accepts the challenge 
shall walk in dominion over the kingdom of evil, literally or figuratively. And they're going to need this, which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, because they'll be in the midst of hostility. And what, when, as they declare what is wrong is, is wrong and what's right is right, no matter what the, uh, the field people want to attach uh, the, the, today's verbiage to it or change its meaning to something else. They're going to be a remnant who will stand up and declare what is right according to God and what's right according to man. We, we like to call it sometimes what's under the Constitution, but there is Wesley war with the, with the liberal people who want to take away its rights and also everything is God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the one that accepts the challenge. They shall walk in dominion over the kingdom of evil, literally or figuratively. Again, I think it's very important to stress the point to the people who are walking and looking for this blessing to be persecuted for righteousness' sake as a promise. And whether you're handling that in a written form uh, literally or the spoken form or else you're just dealing with that with personalities it's still going to be a persecution it's going to be very very real and you'll need the power of the holy spirit to accomplish that and to to be successful and to have any kind of peace for if you walked in that when you finish that type of a of a situation you're drained and you need to get along with god and be replenished the last one, number nine, says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. I took the liberty here of making this into a collective narrative statement instead of just defining it in terms that of that because I felt it has more import if I just combine it into a paragraph that has all of the truths in it, but yet has a little more personality to it and also has a little more uh, empathy and encouragement in it. And it goes like this. You that yield to these invitational blessings will receive a supreme blessing. You will have to endure tauntings and many will follow you and drive you away from their midst. They will lie to you and against you and your message. You will be forced to endure these things on my account and because you are proclaiming the agenda items I taught, preached, and proclaimed. That's a narrative oversight, and if you if you listen to this uh, teaching a number of times, it's going to speak more and more to you each time. And and this last paragraph that I inserted here in a more uh, uh, prose type of a, a rendering, I think it's going to speak to you also because it, it, in addressing these nine, I believe that Jesus taught this message found in Matthew 5, and that's the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. I think he taught this not under that name, or it might have been called by the people when they would agree when they said, did you go hear the message that Jesus taught on the, on the Mount side? Uh, that's why we've coined that in, uh, 
and what we see in the scriptures, but if you put it back in the first century terms, it'll take on, you can see the people sitting uh, on the side of the mount like an amphitheater, and Jesus standing either in a boat or, or standing on the hill on the shores teaching them these truths. And I believe he taught these things many, many times. He wouldn't have taught this to just one group of people alone because this is a general broadcasting of what people can see and especially it has a special meaning for the new covenant people that the old covenant people could not attain because uh, the same person who was teaching these, these truths and listening to these truths, John chapter 2 of his book, he says, there are also many other things which Jesus did the which, if they should be witnessed and written about one by one, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that should be written. And then he says, or the, the, the uh, translators added, Amen to that. In other words, so be it. And again, the same author, John, wrote this thought. I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Of course, Jesus is, uh, this is Jesus' word talking about his commission from the Father, but also through him by the Holy Spirit. It is a commissioning word for you and me to consider this. We're burning time. And I see most of the people in the body of Christ being satisfied with the mundane things, not seeking after the Holy Spirit. Uh, I've thought about this. Many, many ministers would not even today would not, who stand in the pulpit, if you can call them ministers, they wouldn't recognize the Holy Spirit if he showed up in their midst. And if he did show up, they would try to put a squelch on him and, and not give him any place or give him any latitude. An additional thought as we close. It's a culminating thought on these at this teaching. Every one of the nine will at one time or another be significant and focused upon by believers. It's my considered opinion that on this side of the veil, the culminating impact of all the nine will solidify into the base idea of hungering and thirsting for righteousness sake. When you observe God in varying forms, such as when you look at a cloud and you ponder it, when you step back and look at your family and you think about the what ifs, when you observe geophysical composition of a flower blossom and the beauty of it, and you see the beauty of the flowers that grow wild in the, in the forest, when you observe the beauty and the movement and the power in a wave that crashes out of the ocean up on the shore. And some of the most stirring when you observe the stars in the night sky. And these are so moving that songs for historically have been written about them. People have written books about them. They've wooed lovers. They have wooed those who are seeking and those who are pondering their fate, those who are wondering about their future. And the ones who are moved toward God, and my thought is this, and they have a yearning desire for more of God than any other thing. And I say this, you have, who feel this, 
you have crested the threshold. Until we meet again, my blessings are upon you. And this is Dr. West.